Hey, dude. Hey, man. What's happening, man? Nothing much. Cool, cool. Who do we got this time, brother? Scotty from the infamous Zayo. Scott from Zayo. Damn it. They get better and better. I'm happy for it, man. You ready? Let's do this. Let's get it going. Cool, man. So, yeah. Um, first off, thanks for doing this, bro. I appreciate it so much. No, dude, um, we're, I'm always happy to do these things, man. I'm like a big fan of the whole podcast thing, so I'm always happy to be involved. Yeah, definitely. So, well, cool, man. Again, thanks for showing up. Um, I mean, I if people are listening to this and they don't know who you are, um, <laughs> they're probably listening to the wrong podcast, but... I hope so. I hope they do. <laughs> it's Scott from Zayo, everybody. If you don't know, then you, you're missing out. Sorry. Yep. Well, man, just kind of tell us a little bit about. Um, I I usually like to start from the very beginning, and not even of the band. Like, I like to start out. You play guitar, so before you played guitar, what made you want to play? Actually, yes. Yeah, so, like, um, my uh, grandfather was a guitar player. Cool. So when I was like seven or eight, we would have like family reunions, and I would watch him play, and. I just, it like piqued my interest and I would grab um, like the badminton like rackets and I would pretend, you know, like I was playing along and then he would see me do that. Um, My mom saw, and my mom and dad saw me do that too. So they kind of noticed that I had an interest in this thing. So he ended up buying me like a really, like one of the student acoustic guitars. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely hated it because Mm -hmm. obviously you're like an eight year old. It hurts. It doesn't sound like what he's doing. So I didn't care. And then I'm like, ah, I just want to play drums because then I just hit stuff. Yeah. Uh, but right around like 10, 11, Master of Puppets came out. And when I heard Ooh. that, that changed the whole thing. And I'm like, no, I'm going to play guitar. So yeah. um, then same thing. Like I actually learned some like G, C, D, like your average chords. Right. And got way more interested and actually stuck with it long enough that my parents were like oh well he's actually looks like he wants to do this for real so they got me lessons i took lessons for a year cool and then got in the but i mean lessons are what you know i just wanted to learn metallica songs i didn't really learn like everything that i should have learned i was like just teach me you know (laughs) yeah this song i did the same thing with pantera stuff when i I did lessons they were like what do you want to learn floods for pantera (laughs) mine was um i i picked up some early rush books and they showed me like your oh, basic man. chords like you talked about i wasn't playing rush don't get me wrong yeah, that's a, i was gonna say like <laughs> geez, basic starting chords. out on rush <laughs> and then like the other side of it was my brother had all like um the south of heaven tab books and the rain and blood tab books and, oh, and i'm just starting out i'm not able to play it but like i'm just learning like the picking and like you know just just that was my introduction to trying to play yeah yep yeah, yeah. yeah matt like the metallica like i went I started with master and then I went back and got super into ride the lightning. And then, yeah, like then you get that hunger for heavier stuff. So you move on to the slayers and you move on. Like that's the same like total trajectory for me, like slayer. And then I went to Sepultura and then like, Mm. so yeah, I loved, Oh my God. I loved that whole like thrash movement. It was, I was a little younger. Um, I'm 36. Um, 
but my older brother, he's 51, I think. So, I mean, he was all about that. And I was fed that stuff from a kid. And Mm -hmm. so like, I, I loved all of it too, especially getting older. Um, but mm-hmm. I was a little younger when that stuff, the thing for me that really got it was like the grunge movement. Cause then I was mm-hmm. getting older and I was able, that was like the thing that I found myself, not because yes. somebody showed me that was like, Oh, what is this? And it was new to me. Cause it was, I discovered it. So I kind of, I'm sort of like that. Cause like I'm 44. So okay. I was a little, little older than you, but a little younger than like when because I wasn't old enough to really go to like concerts like Metallica, really. Yeah. Um, but like high school year, you know, or junior year in in high school, like that's when like I found like the Smashing Pumpkins and the Soundgarden and mm-hmm. Nirvana and all that stuff. Like I definitely stayed more to the heavier side of grunge, mm-hmm. um, like Tad and yeah and all that. But I that that was kind of like my thing, you know. After um, after this like whole metal thing because i mean that's basically what those guys were like getting some inspiration from anyway so um i felt like it was like kind of a natural progression it's weird because like i went like super heavy and then i went into the grunge stuff and then i got like kind of even like less aggressive and then got into like death metal after like (laughs) real estate and stuff because i went back i'm like ah so you got to make sure and cover all bases man yeah, I think I think do. it helps, you know, as a musician, it kind of helps you um, slow time down when you start, you know, you're listening to blast beats all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and riffage like that. But then you go to Sunday Day Real Estate and you get to see all of those notes in a different way. Yep. And when you go yep. back to it, you know, it's it's easier to understand. Definitely. I think you're right. I think. Yeah. And like you guys, you just said it like being liking a broad spectrum of stuff because like once you get into like the sound gardens and all that then you go back and you're like wait credence was kind of doing this kind of yep. thing and you like realize holy cow like black sabbath is the like originators of all of it and like yeah. you go and you like live that whole world of of music but yeah and then like even then you go back in like you know like original like black like but soul and all that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, just the whole spectrum of music is, is great. Well, it's it's just a rabbit hole like anything else. And you yep. just keep going yep. down and down and down and down. And that is true. Eventually you loop back around. And it's like, oh, wait a second. Yeah, this has all been done. And mm-hmm. it's just done in a different, better, more modern way now. Yeah, especially when you're like a Led Zeppelin fan and you realize, oh, they just stole all the stuff from the blues artists. So, uh, okay, that's that's cool. that's I've been saying that since we started this podcast. So, <laughs> what's what's your take on that? And like, are you are you? Because I know people that are against Led Zeppelin for doing that, and I know people that think they're the obviously the greatest band in the world. So, like, what? I kind of fall in the middle. So, like, I love Zeppelin. I yeah. love them. Um, uh, and I, when I found out, so so at least to their like you know, benefit or whatever, they, I mean, they're like listing some of those artists as like writers. If you go and look like all the, like, if you go on Wikipedia, for example, like that Zeppelin will put out their songs and then you'll see like some of the writers are different now. Like Ooh. some of the blues artists are involved. Cause I mean, I oh, think they the, got him in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like the most egregious thing to me, isn't that they were totally ripping off like basic blues stuff was like when they like, went in and had opening bands come out with them and they stole that. So like, like the guy that like, I, I can't remember his name, but the guy that legitimately wrote stairway to heaven, like uh, you yeah. can hear like that whole song already done. And then they kind of just 
change tiny little bits of it. That to me is like, man, what a shitty, especially because as a band, our, like our whole situation, mm-hmm. you know, we've opened up for big bands. Um, we've headlined over bands. Like I couldn't imagine like being a headliner and listening to a band that I, we just took out on tour and really liked and be like, uh, they're never going anywhere. I'm going to steal that song. (laughs) That just sucks. Like I, I, and it just kind of, especially how big they got like, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that had a lot to play with it. You know, their producers and engineers saying like, Mm -hmm. throw in that riff or, you know, and cut it out the whole vanilla ice and Suge Knight thing, you know, you think back then that's what it was. I think, I I don't know, man. I think they were just doing their thing and like, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a ripoff or a cover or like a like paying an homage to, but they definitely, yeah. <laughs> they definitely did one of those. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the dude, I think the uh, the the songwriter of the original Stairway to Heaven style song sued. Yeah, so no, I don't it was know. a big loss. I can't remember the name yeah. of the band right now. It's like me neither. It's like three totally or me. I I forget what it's called, but I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah, like even that, like how especially now man like you know you you write songs and like you try to stay away from everything especially like like with zeo i i love like heavy music but i really try not to listen to it so much because like no matter what's going to happen like you're gonna there's going to be a riff you hear and it'll subconsciously get in there and like you're probably going to end up taking some sort of version of that and make it your own you know so i try really hard to like not listen to that style of music and then it ends up you know you feel like you're doing something but you're, you're really not like but um well we're we jam and we're in a band and we were just practicing just goofing off the other day and like mm-hmm. 30 minutes later it wasn't like it wasn't good i don't think it was going to be a song but like we were like hey we just totally ripped off queens of the stone age <laughs> like straight up <laughs> without even realizing it straight up like that's a bad cover of that song, essentially. <laughs> um, well, that's dude. It's like impossible not to like have some aspect of something that you like. Yeah. It's just impossible. Like, you just gotta hope that like, eh. I mean, like, dude, like our still our biggest song. It's. It, I'm surprised there hasn't been some sort of riff that we found that sounds like the end of Five Year Winter. I mean, it's <laughs> it's what it's the it's so just barbarian yeah. punches. Like, how is it not just like and and honestly too like you you write that stuff because i was listening to converge and cave in and yeah. like dillinger escape plan like right so it's like i don't know you just gotta hope <laughs> <laughs> well but i think you guys have done i mean the work for years man i mean we've i'm 38 i mean we've known about you guys for 20 years now like yeah. you've guys That's done crazy. your thing man Ah. <laughs> uh. It's been so long. It is pretty wild, <laughs> but it, it's it's good to see that it's coming back. You know, like we, yeah, like these bands are you you guys. I mean, everybody would be done. They they're they're back at it. You know, they're putting out albums. They're selling their merch, and you know, luckily now we have platforms like this that we can all mm-hmm. just kind of talk about it and yeah, and, uh, you know, connect now. It's super cool. It's, I, I totally agree, and I like I can't thank like younger generations of bands more because i feel like this style of music i don't think it's ever going to have its due because it's never going to get big enough that i think people would mm-hmm. be like you know a lot of like music scenes get so big that right. then they can blow themselves out but like 
metal's such a weird like to me like because people will say like oh well that that song sounds like it could be written today and i'm like well it's because it's weird and extreme and like mm-hmm. that stuff is never really caught so and it's it's you know there's a very small amount of people that even get it and like yeah man. you know you're like the metal i mean the metal scene's humongous but like you know like an iron maiden fan's not gonna listen to say and be like oh yeah i'm gonna listen to that like dude they yeah. want singing and so exactly. like our like the extreme side of metal is i think gonna always feel pretty in the now because it is so hard for a lot of people to get and so when all those like newer people come in there's like it just keeps kind of recycling or whatever but there's so many cool like young bands out there right now that are holding the mantle of like what we've all been doing for so long that like it brings in this younger generation of fans like we just played uh this was what was it last like september-ish mm-hmm. we went out and we did a show in columbus now we're not like i'm we're in pittsburgh so we're not far from columbus but we haven't played columbus for like a year and a half or so and the scene in columbus is awesome like yeah. literally we played and there were more younger people at that show than we've seen at any other place like and right down the street from where we were playing is this really cool little like laundromat that had a little room that they do like all kinds of shows in. So it could be anything from like a hardcore show to a metal show to like a folk show to like, you know, weird indie rock show. But like the scene in Columbus, there's tons of young kids that care enough that they're going to shows. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, like that's the key, man. If people go to shows, especially now that we can have them again. Right. Um, that's what's going to keep it going. So I sure, definitely man. think now that they're back, they're coming back much stronger oh, yeah. full force than, than a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like than the, yeah, than well, the previous years and stuff. Well, it's pretty neat to yep. see. And I mean, like um, when we used to go and book our tours, those were the only spots that would book us, you know, mm-hmm. like tire oh, shops, yeah, yeah. community centers. Like you don't get that just out of the blue anymore. Like, no. When they hear about them, they they want to go, you know, because it's like, what? It's that's going to be in a tire shop. Like, let's let's go. You know, yep. it's just it's just getting to them now is different. Mm-hmm. You know, with social yeah. media, like, how do you get them there? You know. Yeah, and that's a good point because I mean, think about like, you know, when we were, even when Zaya was starting out, like we were doing weird like vfw halls all that kind of stuff and that was sort of like the thing but those places you know you you move up to like okay well now we get to play clubs and getting into clubs is super hard and it's weird and then once you get there you're like well what's the next step and you know or like you're a band like us where like you get to a point and you kind of go away and then you're kind of building yourself back up again so it's really cool to see that like this younger generation of people are able to like bring that feel of the vfw hall and they're just putting it anywhere you know, yeah. and as long like as long as you have social media presence and people are paying attention at all, you can be like, "Hey, we're going to play a show at a laundromat." Okay, we're mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and it, so it's I man, I just I I hope it just keeps building because that's it. That like the, the only way this whole thing even keeps moving is because of people coming and true you know, younger fans. Because like, dude, I'm 44. Like, I go to a show maybe once, twice a year. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, you can't count on us, idiots! Like I was gonna go see some friends play <laughs> hey, last night, and like I, I just, I don't. If if I don't have a reason, I'm not up that late anymore. And yeah, that's the problem dude. with me. 
I was asleep by nine o'clock and it's like, man, y'all play at 11, 11 30. I'm done. Like I'm not, I say done. <laughs> I say the same thing when we're doing tours. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm like, you have to play <laughs> at 10. I'm like, out. I'm out an hour already asleep yeah, by 10 o'clock. Exactly. Yeah. I've got to, yeah. Nine 30 is like, man, all right, I'm getting tired now. Uh, so yeah, it's that, brutal. Yep. I, I don't know. I love it though. Cause I, I don't miss staying up late yeah. or the partying yeah. or any of nope. that stuff at all. No, none of that, dude. I'm happy to like sit at home, watch movies with my family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, man. You got kids and stuff. I do. I have a daughter. Yep. She's yeah, 14. So she's like, she's an oh, adult. No. Oh man. You might be able to tell us some things. I, his, his is I think 11 and yep. mine is seven and five. So oh, we got, our- I will say this. So people, whatever man with girls old blah, 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 this and that like the biggest thing for me that i noticed as a, as a parent is just how fast it is because like yeah. everybody so, tells that to you like oh it's so fast like mm-hmm. you got to take every and i'm like yeah you know i understand like how fast time goes actually you don't yeah. it's like being a parent it's an instant she was like five years old and now she's 14 so like and it's really hard as a human being to take that like really live in the now moment mm-hmm. of like their lives because it's there's so much like yeah. shit like oh i gotta do this like, but oh god i wish i felt like i was doing it i felt like i was like really like living every every moment with her but but even that you're like it's it's a it's so quick and then like they change so much yeah so fast <laughs> like, man it's so fast like my daughter's into like she gets into all these like cool different things. Luckily, she's kind of like weirdos like me and my wife. So she like likes all the movies we like and yeah. she likes a lot of the music we like. So um, but you know, she like like, yeah, she'll be into something. And we're like, all right, we're gonna go full force. And then like four months later, we're like, oh, well, we just paid five hundred dollars for that cool thing. Now she hates it. Now she yeah. wants this thing. <laughs> yep. Man, that's that's I mean, I I don't think things were that expensive for us when we were kids, but I'm no. pretty sure we did that same <laughs> shit. Oh, I absolutely. Know. I know. Isn't it weird? Like I never remembered. Well, I'm also, I still like, I'm kind of into some of the stuff that I did when I was in high school and middle school. Mm-hmm. Like I actually, I work in like, uh, like video game retail. Like I have mm-hmm. a friend of mine owns a business and we do like a buy sell thing. So like, mm-hmm. I'm still like head deep in freaking video games. And like, I collect, uh like 80s like pop culture stuff like like figures all that so like a lot of the stuff i liked i'm still like i like this so i'm sure you probably love that um the toys that made us on netflix oh yeah we i watched all those there's a couple that made me mad though like The, like the Masters of the Universe one, everybody working for Mattel making those toys was such a piece of shit. They were so mean, like, and they didn't care. Like, there was a dude, like the guy that drew all the, the uh, like designs. I think he was kind of cool, but like, dude, all those people are just scumbags. We actually we were watching. There was a something on Vice. It was like, because I mean I'm a big Star Wars nerd, but like, yeah, you know you read it and read all about what all happened when they were making the movies and stuff and i like no i haven't seen anything where it really focused on like how bad george lucas had it like how the studio was like you better do this and like they had industrial light and magic like just starting out and like 
those dudes didn't film anything for like the first year they spent like a million dollars and didn't film like one scene and i kind of knew that stuff but it was like dude if we like spent if I spent a grand and we didn't have something done, it's like over for me. <laughs> <laughs> for real, man. Like when Zayo does anything, we're like, oh, if we, yeah, if you spend like two, three hundred dollars and you're like, don't get anything back from it, like, oh, that's a, you know, that's a bad game. So. Yeah, yeah. But that was interesting. Well, you're also well. Not- I always, I always, you know, have conversations with with how, um, you know, back then they kind of owned the actor or musician artist, you know, and, mm-hmm. and could direct them on exactly where they wanted them. And, you know, now he owns his own studio and he owns his own yeah, brand. Yeah, he doesn't care. Exactly. So, like, I think um, I think that, you know, is coming out now and we're able to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like with, with the, the opportunities that are coming up, man. Like now we can do marketing on Hulu, you yeah. know. I yeah, mean, it's we crazy. Can, we can we can get to people now with with um, oh, yeah. what's kind of changed, you know, in you know from the pandemic and everything like that. Like it's, it's yeah, it's definitely up. it's definitely put a lot more control in like the artists' hands, whatever genre or whatever thing they're doing. Movies. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Terrifier two, dude. That they spent what eight hundred thousand dollars or something on that movie, and they they've already made like fifteen million, and it's like still playing in theaters and. So like I have friends that do some of like that um, like extreme horror, like underground movie stuff. And like that whole movement is like becoming like what the DIY band movement was like these yeah. dudes just, you can, you can shoot 4k on your new iPhone. It exactly. looks incredible. Yeah, so you can make this stuff. You can present it to on your own. You get a social media following, you know, you get enough of a following. It doesn't even have to be that crazy. Dude, look at how like music is now. You know, like when you look at like the top selling artists of the week, oh. like people aren't selling like hundreds of thousands of records anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you're like noticed when you sell like five thousand records. Mm-hmm. That's because weird. it is it's it's, it's it's so hard, but it's so cool at the same time. It, it, you can, well, everything's at our fingertips, and if yeah. you're, it's it's definitely double edged because if you know what you're doing, it's it mm-hmm. could be good and it can also be very very bad. But yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. Like you were just talking about everything at your fingertips. Perfect example is he mentioned earlier is what we're doing in the platform. Like Mm -hmm. we're sitting here talking with you and I never thought that would happen outside of maybe going to see you at a show and talking for five minutes or something. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. It seems like podcasts, like I love it. It, That, that whole world it's because there's tons of people that we've talked to already. And like, I see some of their like band lists that they've talked to and they always like, you know, we'll get, kind of asked to do stuff and they're like well we're not the biggest podcast i'm like dude you just talk to like that dude like that's pretty awesome <laughs> you know and i think it's it's really neat to see that people have such power hopefully that stays the way it, it's going now but but yeah like there's so much power if you know what you're doing and you give if, like you care yeah, like if you yeah. really care about it and you work hard at it that was what we always thought with the band you know like there's a few motivating factors and rules that you have to follow one be nice and kind to everyone because you just never know like i remember i've told the story before but you know we did an interview with a dude that was just doing like a high school paper and i don't care if he's doing a high school paper or he's writing for revolver like it's still cool and if i can be part of somebody doing something that, that that makes me happy so 
we did that. That dude ends up being the head guy at NPR, like for like certain, like for especially for heavy music, but he's worked on a lot of different things, like a music coordinator for NPR. You just never know. And like, the thing is too, is it's not even that, like, why wouldn't you just want to be kind, you know, like as a headliner band, you know, like any band we've ever taken out, my immediate reaction to them is I want to be friends. I want to hang out. And I want people to like, realize like our band is like, we, we, I want to see everybody succeed. And I, yeah. like, you know, cause we've, we've done, well, we've done tours where the headliners are like totally in their own yeah. head, like, like just not cool. Or like you do something that's not even that big of a deal. And they, throw a fit about it like i remember we did a tour i don't remember what the band was but our drummer just got his drum set like it was the first day of the tour and there was this big open warehouse and he like you know it it was the it was connected to the club and they were allowing all the bands like this is where you can set your gear up so you can go right to stage right so this was funeral of god era Mm -hmm. steve was playing drums with us steve had his new kit and he got it out of the cases and sets it up and he gets it all set up and he starts just playing on it just to make sure everything's where it is and the drummer from the headliner was like i'm getting a massage over here <laughs> like oh excuse me i'm so sorry i don't want to interrupt your massage mister whoever the hell it was like dude there's so many bands that i would just love to smash in the face with that kind of stuff well yeah i, I like, you're, like, you're kind up until a certain point man like uh, and greg knows me i'm kind of an asshole sometimes and like i'm a nice guy but only like i could tell i would have walked right up to him and like farted on his face while he's i do that's exactly what you like, feel fuck like you, what are you gonna do like that's it that's exactly it and what happens then what did you just do to the tour exactly. like you really now you think i'm stoked to play with you and you think we'll ever play with you again mm-hmm. and guess what when you do that to certain bands it's inevitable that you're going to fall and that opening band, it's going to be the band that's going to headline. And then guess what? They're not ever going to do. They're never yep. going to ask you to go out on tour with them. Exactly. So yeah, no thanks. Well, I hope that's all what you just said from experience. Not, not the, the I'm getting a massage. But well, the that, part I think of that. that goes into the, <laughs> the tour life, man, for, for bands. I mean, it's, it, I tell you all the time, mm-hmm. sounds you underground was very, you know, uh, divided and, and Dude, like what and the biggest the... and the biggest bands were there man like all of them yeah you know um and it was just a it was cool but it was just there was something different it sounds like high yeah. school yeah <laughs> it, well go. that's what it is that's, that's what that's totally what it is like and why yeah that i never could understand you get into underground music regardless like and i do think that there's probably a contingent of people that get into this stuff because they're they're, they're idiots and that's you're not going to change that because people mm-hmm. are you know, the yeah. human condition right but you get into like underground music because you're an outsider you know i got picked on because i like this stuff i skateboarded i like punk rock i like metal all this stuff like i got picked on for that and like but i i, I like i moved in that direction because i was like hey i'm i don't like this kind of stuff I'm not gonna. I'm. I actually am a big sports fan. Like I love hockey, mm-hmm. but I'm like I'm not gonna go play football in high school. You know, I want to do this, and you get picked on for it. Whatever. I'm an outsider. I get into metal because I'm an outsider, and then you get into the world, and being in a band, and you find out, huh? 
all the headliners are jocks now. <laughs> cool. They're going to make fun of me and tell me I can't do this and tell me we shouldn't be in this area. Oh, don't be in this. Dude, I remember walking on stage. We were at Metal Fest. We were at New England Metal Fest. Me and Dan were just trying to leave. And there was a band. It was like, oh, you can't be on the stage. Well, we're getting set up. What? Like, dude, jump out of the Just hang yourself. Because, like, what's the point? What's the point of even being a band? Like, my, I was like, man, if we could get big enough, what I would love to see is like, we'd be big enough that we could like do festivals and bring all these bands and like, you know, try to build people up. Cause like, why do you do anything in life if you don't want to like help and like be part of something? I don't know. So, and it, dude, it's really prevalent. There's a lot. It's, it's actually kind of neat. I don't want to talk about this a lot, but like, you know, on Twitter, you see all the bullying stuff happen. Right. And a lot of people are getting called out for bullying. Like it's everywhere. And I don't see enough of how it has affected people in these kind of music scenes. Like I'm surprised people aren't, because here's what's going to happen. You talk about bands being bullies and like treating younger or like lower bands. Like it, we're past the time of like, oh, you're going to pay your dues. Because guess what? Mm-hmm. If you get into a van in general, you're paying your dues. It's mm-hmm. rough. You're not going to make the money to have a hotel room. You're going to sleep in that van. We all know the game. It's already hard enough. What do you need a band? It's okay, we're going to take you out, but but then we're going to put you through the ringer so you know what's the deal. Get out of here, dude. You're going through the ringer. Like people are eating Taco Bell if they're lucky, you know? So, yeah. Get out of here, man. Like I want to just, I want to lift people up. I, people that want to break you down or make you feel less or inferior to them because they've, luckily because that's another thing oh your band's <laughs> only big because you're lucky you either paid somebody to get you to the point where you're at or there are people that like you yeah and then why would you treat the people that like you like crap right <laughs> you right know what I mean? like oh you want to meet me here's a vip 400 pass to come say hi to me <laughs> like how about just walk out because they just spent 50 dollars to come see you already <laughs> Or, or do much them, more now, thousands yeah, or of much dollars, now. or yeah, like, I, and I, I don't know, man. I, I, so the big hype now is the the Blink One Eighty Two and the the ticket prices, oh, right? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and yeah. and I'm just thinking, like, man, if y'all would have just listened to Eddie Vedder years ago, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they they fought Live Nation. They still fight Live Nation. I don't even think they how. I don't know what they're touring. Like when you buy tickets from them, I think it's their own like personal one or whatever. I have no idea. <laughs> But I mean, it's like thousands of dollars. Even okay, so Depeche Mode is coming to San Antonio. Well, they're they're on tour, I'm sure, but they're coming here. It's supposedly like thousands of dollars for the cheapest tickets. And it's like, what the fuck? Why would you? What's the? Why? Yeah, yeah. Why? Like, because that's the thing. I've heard the story. I don't know if this is true or not. Like, I never actually did a research to it, but I love the story, and it almost sounds like it's bullshit. But let's like pretend it is. So supposedly, Billy Joel, when he plays concerts. Mm The front row is not, he doesn't sell the tickets for the very front row, supposedly. If this is true, like I said, awesome. Good for him. Front row isn't sold. What happens is when they get to the concert, he goes and has people picked from like the higher, farther seats away down to come to the front row because he doesn't want to play in front of a bunch of yuppie jerks that could afford those seats. Yeah. He wants to play in front of actual fans. Okay, well, that's great. How about just make your all your tickets cheaper yeah <laughs> and then you well, won't have to worry about it. well then you won't have all the well i mean i'm sure he doesn't get all that money but you know what i mean they yeah you wouldn't have, have it so. can't buy well, your, i think at that their second level, house you need at yeah. their level they're they're renting the arena so like yeah no, the arena, it, 
Yeah, like the it's the, super expensive. Of course. And so yeah, everything totally. is his, man. Like everything is coming through through yeah. him, you know? Yeah. But if that's the case and he's doing that, that's amazing. Cause that's like to me, I wouldn't want people that because when you're that big, like I actually um one of my best friends in the world, Jeremy Ween, had extra tickets to go see Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. This guy like gifted me tickets to go see Ridge Against the Machine. I never thought I'd get to see them because I I wasn't like I didn't get to go when they were in their prime. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think they were ever going to tour again. So like right. they do their tour. So he gifts me these tickets, which is just amazing. And you get there, <laughs> it's like $80 for a sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the capitalist fighting capitalism. Yeah. So that's fine, whatever. But you realize, like, you're sitting there looking around, and you're like, dude, you just become an event when you're that big. So, like, people that, you know, go maybe on the floor, but dude, floor seats were expensive too. Like, our, of the, even the high seats, and I get it because it's Rage Against the Machine, and like, you don't know if you're ever going to see them, but it's still really expensive. But why would you want, like, when you're that big and you're, you know, Rage Against the Machine, I feel part of what makes their show awesome is the crowd response because they don't have a lot of stuff going on, which I think that's hokey anyway. Like I'd rather just see a band play. Like I just want to see a good band kill you, you know? And, but part of that is like how the crowd response to them is. Cause like if everybody's excited and singing along, that makes the show what it is. Yeah, definitely. And, but you become an event like, dude, we went in, we're sitting there. And you could just tell there's people that don't even know who Rage Against the Machine is. They just come there because it's at the big arena. And then, like, dude, I watched people leave with like three songs left. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. They're probably, they're probably like giving those tickets as like yeah, charities like, or, you know what I mean? It, yeah, there's, you know, there's like a corporate owner or that yeah. box. So, like, they'll give away, hey, we, nobody wants to go to this. How about you go? Oh, we'll go, <laughs> whatever. We'll get free beer then. Great. You know, but like, it, it, it just, all of it just, ah, oh, it just makes me so sick. Like, it's pretty upsetting. You know, it is because you, you you almost can't enjoy it as no. the guy at the bottom that's there to enjoy the show and yeah. and, and see somebody that you admire and love and want to be like you know what I mean? you can't like no you can't and it, it's like and then it's a double edged sword too. So I'm sitting there watching them play and I'm like this is unbelievable. Not only like you don't realize how many like it's if you're a fan of them like hits. Dude, it's like they have like f- so many hits as yeah. that band, right? So like you're hearing like people in the song, like all these great songs that you all and then like they play a bunch of like deep cuts too. So if you're like a fan, like holy cow, like I'm hearing songs I never probably they probably haven't played like before because they were doing so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And like their whole like their prime message, right? Like everything they're fighting against politically, all this kind of stuff. And like, and then I'm, I'm sitting there watching them, loving all of it. And then I look around and I'm like, dude had a trump shirt on <laughs> i'm just like wow I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that dude's stoked about what just went across that screen <laughs> yeah <laughs> but whatever it's just it's so weird when it gets to that point like man when you become because you fight so hard to get your art heard and then you finally get to the point in your career where you're playing an arena and like dude nobody cares like yeah. you have your you know, your thousand people in front of you that really care. And there's like people on the sides that like sort of care, you know, like it's mm, no, but for the and most then there's part some... in the grand scheme of things, like I, I get what you're saying. It, it's, yeah. 
I'm also like a nihilist, man. I'm done. I'm just so done with everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've seen a lot of shows, man. Uh, Yeah. A lot. Like, yes. Yep. Happy to have seen them too. Man, I got to see bands that, ah, like some of the shows that we've played even. Oh, yeah. I bet. Wow. Yeah. Like, his Dillinger Escape Plan is going to probably be one of my favorite bands ever, forever in the scene that we've played in. And Absolutely. getting to see them, you know, like yeah. in their prime when they were throwing bricks at each other's head. Yep. <laughs> so I've seen him multiple times and I never got to see him um, like pre Greg era with Dimitri. Mm-hmm. My, my cousin did though. And he was like, dude, it was, and this is like in the infancy of us getting into all this stuff too. And he was like, it was scary like it was oh crazy. yeah this dude got hit in the face with a guitar and started bleeding and this and, and i'm just like what <laughs> and then like later on like not much longer after that we get to see him and like we kind of had like a pretty bad was he spitting the fire uh i don't think i saw him spit fire because it was always <laughs> too small of venues but like oh dude i well I got we, a story about that. <laughs> we we had a pretty bad encounter, and like my cousin told the story on another episode. But like, I guess they didn't like to be filmed during this time, and my cousin was filming the show, and it got pretty intense. And like, you know, Greg was a beast at the time. Like his, oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. his biceps and shit. He was just jacked, and like, yeah. he's I don't know. He, it was it was a it was an intense moment for a fifteen year old kid and his fourteen year old cousin, but um. Yeah, see that, that Dillinger that has always of, been something else, though. You know what I mean? That's kind of yeah. I, I I don't know. I love them. They're... Well, and that's dude, that rate. Like we we toured with Dillinger a bunch of times, mm. and they're literally one of our favorite bands that we've toured with. And we've been, you know, Greg, Ben, Liam. Um, actually, we just did a tour with Billy Reimer's new band, Thought Crime. So that and they yeah. are they're unbelievable. But like everybody in that band, we love them, but. There again, the, that situation probably should have been handled differently because now you, you you go away from like seeing that band and like your main thought of that now is like, hey, they were pissed off that we filmed them, which kind oh, of it left the, a, it left a really dude, bad taste in our mouth as a kid yeah. because like it got it got even worse and like they they took his camera and smashed the tape and like we were kids, bro, and it was like yeah, what the fuck. That's, but that's I mean, dude. I look back on it now and it's like, ah, eh, it was I intense, get it, but. but but it's still it's still like nah, that's that's pretty shitty to do and like i our band like i would never do something like that but due to recording difficulties to our stupidity here is a word from our sponsor hey dude hey greg 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 <gasps> what dude what the hell, man? You can't hear me calling your name? No, man. I got the heavies on. Oh, you got the heavies on? I heard about those things, man. Those those new headphones engineered for metalheads with two frequency ranges and four drivers lets you hear metal the way it's meant to be heard. Oh, dude, can you imagine the nasty breakdowns on those things? Go to heavies.com and get you a pair and make sure and tell them the dude sent you. And now, back to the show. Dillinger story. So, like you said about, did they breathe fire because the club was too small? Uh, <laughs> we played, but like we were on a tour when they were just starting to do that stuff, 
and there was this, a club in Lancaster that was definitely too small. And Greg still definitely blew fire. And <laughs> people went, I mean, dude, it, it was like that ceiling was low. Like, I am really, really surprised. It Where was like, it at Champion? Uh, it, oh, what the heck was the club called? Chameleon Club. Chameleon Club. It was Chameleon Club in Lancaster, PA. He blew fire and it was, it was like, wow, this is cool to see. What the <laughs> hell is he doing? Let's stand by the exits. <laughs> <laughs> but that band was like, dude, it was literally every time they would play, every time we were on tour with them, you know, you'd just spellbinding to watch them because the yeah. music's unbelievable and then like their performance. But I mean, dude, yeah. I watched Ben get a concussion because somebody threw, I forget how it happened, but they threw something like heavy up in the air and it came back down and smashed his head. Like he concussed himself. I mean, those dudes were always like beat yeah, up know. and bruised up. And um, we're, we're trying to get Ben on the show and I'm, I'm really hoping we can, cause I want to hear some of these wild stories. If he, <laughs> like whatever he would tell, I don't know, but I just want to hear some of the craziness that, Oh, I'm sure he. And now, dude, he's like playing with suicidal tendencies. How sick is that? That is so oh, badass. I can't, man. And it's funny because, like, I've seen a few videos, and he's he still brings the energy like crazy. But I think, oh yeah, I, I feel like he's a well, probably holding back a little bit because it's not Dillinger, but like the rest of the guys on stage, they have the energy too. But it's like he stands out, like he's just bouncing oh, yeah. around, going everywhere, standing on everything. It's like, fuck, man, I miss that. I shit. know. Well, it's it's really cool to see those like it's like that yeah he's doing that Greg's I've seen Greg with uh, Jerry Cantrell like mm -hmm. you know those guys and they're like all super talented so like and they were cool like we I mean some of the tours that we did I mean they were like kind of blowing up on a few of them mm -hmm. um, so like we toured with them like when Miss, Miss Machine came out yeah so they were like right on that cusp of like becoming what you know getting big um but they were all like they were super humble super nice dudes and i think too like i don't understand how you couldn't be especially because i know dillinger came from the same place we did i mean like yeah. dude i saw you know dillinger's like philly area yeah. and they were playing the same like basement shows that like say was when it started yeah. So like when you come from that world i think there's there's an understanding of how hard it is and and you know, a lot of like the reason why our band got anywhere was because of the community that supported it. And like, oh, so like, I, I think a lot of those bands from that world, like definitely have that feel and they want that, you know, to be like that with all the bands that they're on tour with. But then too, I can see like, there have been times where I've seen bands <clears throat> rightfully be shitty to other ones because they like some bands have gotten big and haven't even done the work like where they would be on like one or two tours and they just had the right management that like pushed them on to people and like mm -hmm. you know on paper they were big so they like they had attitudes so like when when that happens i totally understand like hey you didn't pay dues so you don't have the right to be a jerk you know but nobody has a right to be a jerk doesn't matter how, but yeah no i don't think so either man even if you have paid dues or not and I mean, kind of like how you said, why? Like, these are the people that yeah. got you where you are. and That's it. You know, that band that you're being a dick to is looked up to you and 
super happy and stoked to be on tour with you and yeah. now you're gonna shit on them literally and it's like yeah. I, it doesn't make i sense. don't get it or that fan dude that fan looks up to you they just spent whatever amount of money to come see you same difference like i don't yeah, know why sure. yeah. why people would be i mean whatever and you get to a certain level i can understand like when you're bombarded with people and like you try really hard to try to talk to everybody and you can't. And then like, you do have to like segregate yourself. I, I mean, I'll never be in that position, but I, I can sort of understand that maybe, but still it's just, it's so weird to me. I don't know. I don't get it either. I I've yeah. never, I don't have people that want to come see me. So I'll never understand it. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I have like three more people than you that want to come to see me. That's it, so. Like we, yeah, there's a couple people. Uh, I, I mean, let's be honest. There, there's a few people that would go see Zayo show if they if y'all play. So yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a few. Not, if, if you not, came here, not, there there would. Yeah, there's not enough people that I wouldn't still hang out and right. do everything normally. Well, that's the nice. Thing. That that's one no. thing I uh, Andrew WK did when we played Warp Tour uh, in '03. He stayed at his meet and greet until everybody who was in line got his autograph. Like. It that's, was super that's, cool. he was there till the night, man. It was that was, he was huge wow. at that time. Yeah. That was well, so- dude. I, one of my favorite memories is <clears throat> the one he played the one furnace fest we did, like early, mm. early furnace fest. Yeah. And he was like, it was just as like he was breaking. And no like, dude, people jumped on stage with him and nobody stopped people. Like he was no different than any other band played that whole time like it wasn't like oh you can't stand up here because andrew yeah. is play dude he was like it was a party on stage that's so, yeah that's cool. that's super cool man what was one of your most fem- uh, memorable tour- uh, favorite tours looking back you've done them all i mean definitely the ones with dillinger will always stick out i think the one that maybe opened us up to a totally different audience that we weren't expecting would do as well for us as it did was we did a tour with in flames. Uh, like wow. it was us. This is, I mean, think about the bands too. Like we opened trivium was second devil driver was third. And then in flames was the headliner. And I mean, this is when trivium was like, kind of, kind of getting known, but they weren't, they're not like what they are now, which right. those all those guys like Matt Heafy was such a nice dude. They're like here those guys. They're here in town oh. tonight with Between the Barry to me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that yeah. those guys were super, super cool and really, really had a lot of fun hanging out with them. Devil Driver dudes, some of our favorite guys, like Dan and Dez, like became pretty good friends on that tour. Like I still talk to well, when we toured with them, and I think John's back with them, but John Miller played bass. And so, like, John and the drummer, um, what's the drummer's name? He, actually, he's, he plays in Bad Wolves now with, with Doc. Oh, my mm. God, I can't believe. Boakland. John okay. Boakland, too. Is it Jeff? Ah, oh, what? I can't remember his first I, name. Ah, oh, that's miserable. But they, dude, we like <laughs> super, super good friends with those guys. Like I still talk to, I, John just told me that he's back in. So like I saw him, I talked to him every cool. once in a while. But um, what? John Boakland. Okay, yes. It, they're both John. John Miller's spelled without the H though. I know okay. that. So, um, but yeah, so both of those dudes were super cool. And all the Inflames dudes were super, like, everybody was so great. That, and there's a difference between like, you know, like if you're a headliner, 
there's you, I'm not guaranteed to have you hang out with me. You know what I mean? Like, just don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like sometimes we would get to the club and those dudes would be in their bus and they just wouldn't. Yeah. That's, that's different. That's not being, that's, but when you're like around, like, just be cool. And that's like, that's exactly what the, how that, that tour was. Like everybody that was hanging out when we hung out with people, they were super cool. And when they wanted their own time, they would be in their own area and, that's totally cool too, but there was never like you never felt like I, we felt very welcomed, um, and that tour really, really I think opened us up to people that would never have given our band a chance. So that that one really does, in my mind, you know, stand out. Cool man, that was kind of like a Keith's um, um, Mushroom Head tour that he was talking about, right? You know, he mm-hmm. they like Eighteen Visions branched out to a different type of bands but it opened up a, a new you know set of fans and yeah stuff for them. yeah yeah because i think that's the one thing that's neat about metal too is i do think that there are a lot of ba- like the biggest bands a lot of that crowd is going to just kind of like like say like a slipknot right now i think slipknot's relatively an extreme band for like a mainstream success Absolutely. that they've had right Absolutely. But like some of those bands, <clears throat> people are going to go. I mean, Slipknot might be the not the best, but like let's say Slipknot, they're going to go see Slipknot, and some of them are going to be like, "This is the heaviest thing I've ever heard," and I'm super in. And then some people are going to be there and go, oh, "I want something heavier than this." Uh-huh. So, same with In Flames. Like In Flames is super heavy. I think like everybody, but I mean they they have at that time they were doing a little bit more of the sing parts and like. You know, they so but what happens is people go to see in flames and flames is extreme. And then it like there's a lot of people there that are going to be like looking for that next set of extreme like extreme music. So when a band like Zayo gets to get on tour with a band like that, you know, if we get like 10, 20 people from that crowd, they're like, oh, these guys are way heavier. And I'm into this like that. It, it just it's huge. It helps so much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, bands getting in front of fans is always awesome and no matter what like man i'm just humbled and happy to even be able to play music so hopefully maybe people will be cooler now that people do get called out for being assholes (laughs) what do you think old grandpa would think now man i don't know dude i think he would be like (laughs) i don't know what the hell you're playing but i'm glad you're doing it Uh, he's like you're, you're, you're playing much, where you're playing much different stuff than he did huh <laughs> oh yeah he he would probably watch my fingers and be like yep that's a lot of noise but you're going quick <laughs> <laughs> no i think he'd be stoked i mean uh i lost my dad pretty early which is a super bummer like losing a parent like when they're like like losing anybody it's horrible it's but like different yeah, like if you, if you know, grandparent, if they get into the 80s, or like, you know, that's like a good life, you know, it's yeah. like 85, like that, that's, that's good. But like you lose somebody in their 60s, that's a little, that's way too early. So I lost, lost my dad, but he got to see me do a lot of this stuff. So that was cool. And awesome. um, he came to a couple shows and like he, I kind of gauged that what, cause that's how he was. He's like, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but I love that you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome so it's yeah it's i think that's how it would be good good yeah i lost my mom about a year ago so i know how it is and sucks. oh it's brutal it definitely hits much different than like a grandparent or yep something so 
Yeah, it's really, especially too, like with, did you say you, you both have daughters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like having, so we, so we lost my dad when our daughter was still pretty young. So like, it's, it sucks for them. Cause I think it, it's, it's such an impossible thing. Cause they lose them. If you lose them when they're too young, they won't remember them, mm-hmm. but they won't be like devastated mm-hmm. to the degree that like, maybe if you're seven and you lose your grandma you know the devastation for a seven-year-old but they at least got to live that life with them for seven years so they do remember and they have all those memories that's exactly what it is because my youngest daughter doesn't really remember my mom or her grandmother Mm -hmm. at all but Mm -hmm. my oldest daughter does and like still to this day sometimes like i she's crying in the middle of the night because she misses grandma or whatever and so it's like you know yeah, it's oh it's like it's, it's man, hard but, but she's yeah. been my rock through it all man because like i i wow. wouldn't be able to keep i wouldn't be able to do what i'm doing and continue doing it and being where i'm at today if i didn't have her to like not help me through it only but like even helping her through it like it, it it's she's been my rock through this whole entire fucking thing and it's crazy oh that's awesome well yeah. dude that's like what it like family God, the importance of it. It's it just, is. It, it is. It, it's so, we put, so uh, crazy. We put my mom's ashes in a tree in the backyard. Oh, so wow. now she likes to go out there and sit by the tree or play by the tree and talk to grandma or whatever it is. So it's like, that's really it's, cool. Yeah. It's pretty neat, man. Yeah. I don't, dude, I'm, I'm kind of like, why the whole burial casket thing doesn't make sense to me. I'd rather, like, especially for myself, like just burn me up and, put me in the ground like so as it, and that's kind of what like everything was so sudden so nothing was ever planned or anything but it was like i was talking with my father and my mm-hmm. brothers and everything and it's like it was my father's idea that well he, he said that they talked about it a lot and so like okay. they didn't want to be buried at like a, in a graveyard in a, in a mm-hmm. sea of death is what he yeah worded it as. Cool. That's so a, he's like wow. why do you want to come see me in a sea of death and i'm like okay so he mom was cremated and dad will be too um and we kind of did our own things with the ashes and what was Mm -hmm. left we put a tree into the backyard i I live in an old family home that's been in the family since the early 60s and hopefully will stay in the sixth the family so the tree in the house hopefully won't go anywhere that was the whole idea Mm -hmm. and then me personally i got tattooed with her ashes um and put a huge rib piece on my ribs with her ashes on it, oh so. dude see, that to me that's it that's that's it yeah then you so, actually yeah like they're there that's exactly incredible. And, and so like i left the space on the tattoo for to use my father's ashes mm-hmm. so that's that's the plan like i i wow. in the whole sea of death thing like it made sense and i get it because my grandmother that does. my grandmother and grandfather they're buried um you know he was in the service and everything so they got buried on base and everything together okay and to be honest with you i i haven't gone out there to see my grandmother passed away like almost 18 years ago Mm -hmm. my grandfather was like three years ago but i haven't gone out there in well over 15 16 years and it's like i I get it now yeah but at the same time on the hindsight of things like sometimes it would be nice to go out to see something that's like in like a headstone thing i guess for my mom but i have that in my backyard when i think about that with this tree i yeah. fucking i fucking hate that tree back there because it's like a, a reminder every day and mm-hmm. like it's just like this it's not even a tree right now it's like a twig with a couple leaves because we're it's gonna grow and yeah so yeah, like, yeah 
I I hate it, but like every once in a while I go out there and I look and it's kind of cool and, and it's growing and I don't know, I'm not real big into like religion or spirituality yeah. a little bit, but like neither <laughs> it was fucking weird and like for whatever reason it was a I think Mother's Day weekend or some shit, a couple flowers bloomed on it and it's like those aren't supposed to happen until much later on, but okay, That's cool. cool. So I don't know, man. Whatever it is, what it is, mom's in a tree now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like. Use the tree. It is weird. Like I, I never thought of it that way. Because like, would it would it be painful to look at the tree? But to me, like I thought. I didn't you think said it that, would be, but it is. Yeah, but it's like not, I, it's very bittersweet. Yeah, like it feels like it'd be that'd be great. So I can just there, you know, right there. But I, that, I at the same time, I could understand like, man, the pain of that still like, especially with being a year, like that's still pretty you know new so yeah. like that that pain is still right there on the tip so man that that i like that though i like the, the sea of death thing is huge that's really really it, like, it was it, it struck that's a good way to present that yeah and it really it, it put this gnarly visual in my head really too is what it was yeah and so mm-hmm. like I, i'm a i'm a visual guy you know what i mean like i, I don't, yeah but it, it just put this gnarly visual in my head and i was like okay that makes sense i get huh. it I might, I might actually use that. That's do a, it. That's a, that's a good thing. Do that's it. good. Take it. I've never told anyone that, so take it. I'm not going to do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in a song, and I'll, we'll send you guys some royalties. I promise. We're not. No, I don't want royalties. Man. <laughs> just, just do it, and then when you well, come actually, to play San Antonio, just I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, well, free show don't say that because i'll take you up on that. Do take it. No, <laughs> I will the take funny you thing up is, on that. Don't say you, that. You think you just you text or you email me or whatever okay next time you're Absolutely. in san antonio i'm gonna 100 I, I will take you up on that and you if you guys want better. to come hang out at the the house in the studio we'll eat some food and shit whatever yeah that'd be awesome dude but no i'm dead serious like usually like once we meet people i mean i, I can't tell you how many like fans that we've met where they would just come to the show um and they didn't, I mean, they, they, all they were was just a dude that came to like multiple shows. And I'm like, yeah, you're not paying for shows anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't because we have, we actually everybody, have, but that's cool. Man. Yeah, true. But we try, yeah, like we have a friend. I'll gladly lives. still pay, but I'm going to take you up no. on it at least once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to, please. Yeah, we have a friend, John from Florida. And that dude, like, I mean, he's flown to like shows. So like I get, I actually get angry at him if he doesn't let me know he's coming early. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. That's super cool. That's cool. He, his experience is that, you know, like I'm buying a Zayo ticket. Do you trip yeah. out on like the hardcore thing? Like, I don't know if there is. I'm sure there is. But like Zayo tattoos, you seen those and shit? You trip out on those? Yeah. Like it's, man, uh, you just, as we're the type of person I am, I obviously don't ever feel like anything I do is like, you know, warrants somebody to get a tattoo on their body. But, but, how incredible that is that like because a lot of our fans will talk to me about how like because dan writes a a lot about like some dark stuff that he's went through you know like you know everything you get with us is totally authentic so like what what he's talking about is like something that he's been through or like his you know observation of it and like how he feels but like there's been a lot of you know suicide and death in all of our families and a lot of that stuff comes out in in the songs and um and i've had countless people talk to me about how like well zeo saves my life well i've right. listened to this record like i listened to this record and same with me i mean mm-hmm. you know we i don't feel like if i didn't have this outlet and i know for sure with dan if he didn't have that ability to like write out that stuff and like 
be this, have this thing that we could use as like therapy, sort of like this whole like release of this pain and all that. Like, I mean, without that, I don't even, I have no idea where I'd be, you know, like, so, so I think that's what's, I look at it like that. Like a lot of, a lot of what our band is, it's, it's like a community. So like, even though we're creating this thing, we're all in that same world of like, it helps us get through whatever we're getting through. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, with people like to get the tattoos, I'm just like, ah, I can't thank you enough, but man, not, I'm not worth that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not worth it. Well, I mean, I but, guess in some people's eyes, you never know, man. If you, yeah. if your music and in, in his words and whatever has saved lives, then it's totally worth it to them. Yeah. Right? No, I, yeah, we definitely don't take any of that stuff. I, I granted, think, like, you know, and I tell Wade all the time, like with our, the band that we do, it's like, there's no rush, man. It's going to come out when it comes out because mm-hmm. you know it's gonna be there f- to help those people that need it right at that exact moment you know so yeah we've been doing it for two years straight mm-hmm. you know so we're just it's and i'm like it's okay we don't i mean it'd be nice to play a show but let's wait more until we get you know where we're all having yeah. fun and stuff like that like dude we're in, we zayo kind of does the same type of thing like we especially now that we've just completely taken over all aspects of it and mm-hmm. have our own label that we put our own stuff out on. Like there is no rush. There is no anything yeah. like things it's will literally all in your hands and whatever yep. you want. Yep. We like, we just make sure that we're once we're excited and we can do things and we move on things like there's no reason to push or pressure things. You don't want to stress yourself out or make stress. That's not like, that's totally unnecessary. You know, you just, just kind of, miss Do out it. on things in life like i don't know did you yeah. miss out on things because you had to hit hit the road and you know you had, a, you had a kid and stuff there was yeah there were times when we would be gone like luckily when um when sid was born zayo was kind of like on a slight hiatus there but you know well i i was married while we were touring so like there was a lot of stuff i missed like just being home with my wife um yeah. we dated for like nine years prior to me being on tour so like she was with me from the minute I started touring till we, you know, I mean, so there's a lot of things that I could have been home for and um, birthdays and all that stuff. Yeah. You miss a lot of that stuff. And then with now with like, with my dad being gone, like, you know, I was gone a lot back then. So like, Oh man, I think I could have been home. I could have seen him more. And yeah. You just, like I said earlier, you got to take every second you get and, really really just let it sink in and live in that moment because you just never know yeah but it is hard like you said in the beginning too it's hard to do that because you're so occupied with everything else it's like (laughs) it's miserable man it's dude it is it's (sighs) it's it's like a modern day torture but it's it's life and you just Mm -hmm. gotta keep going that's it you can't let go so it doesn't matter no and dude, I just, I read, like, I don't know how research probably has like a small amount of people that they're doing the research on, but like, dude, this, the trauma and like, just from the stresses of everyday life, yeah, like mm-hmm. people that are living today are like living in the same stress levels, like people in fifties, like forties and World War II and stuff. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Man. It's like rough. how crazy is that to think about like, man, just, just living your life is just, it's tough. <laughs> glad i'm not alone then shit yes <laughs> that's the that's the only way to do it dude yeah that's like me and my wife love this comedian tom poppy he talks about like how just find somebody and 
get to the end with them because that's the key. The key is to have somebody there to like fight with all this stuff, fight through all the things you have to fight through and just do it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Well, man, um, I mean, I don't have a whole lot more. I'm we can yeah, talking all you want, man. I, I mean, <laughs> no, that, that was pretty awesome. Like, yeah, I definitely, um, I appreciate that's what i love about these kind of like there's no reason to have like some set thing to talk about like dude if you're having fun things will go all over the place i think so and i i i'll speak for myself i had a blast doing this so again thank you i said no my pleasure and i'm dead serious you have my email address you have you can reach us all on on uh yeah on any of the like instagram and all that kind of crap and when we come to san antonio say scott i want free pass it's all you got. I'm gonna do it. You got to do it. And and, and we got the uh, we got the local uh, opener for you, dude. Yeah. There it is. We actually are talking about trying because we haven't been to Texas for a couple of years, so we well, definitely South need to get back. Coming there. again, so maybe that's true. Know. Well, and honestly, the last time we were in Texas, I don't think we got even close to the San Antonio side. Like we, because that's pretty south. Like yeah, we were pretty man. north. I can't think of the last time I was able to see you here in town. I know it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know yeah, the first time. I think it was Unearth. Sunset was Station time. that they. Oh played. yeah, yeah. That's Sunset. that's when I saw him with Unearth. That was fucking a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. That's when like um, the album that had that song "Endless" that Unearth was doing was on. I oh shit! Yeah, yeah. See, dude, we need to get back. We got to do like you, and that's the thing that's great about Texas, man. Like you could literally do like a five day run in Texas. Yep. There's enough places to hit. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Well, so, yeah. If you ever do make it down here, I'll definitely take you up on your offer and do it. Office stands where, if need be, you guys have a place to rest, get yep. away, eat, love, take that. a shower, shit, whatever you want. Dude, that's that's shitting on tour. That's the thing. People <laughs> don't got, realize. I got one bathroom, but it, 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 <laughs> as long as you guys are cool with taking turns, yeah, we we are. We're good. Me and Dan have like a whole pack, dude. We have a whole thing. We get to the club. We're like, oh, immediately, is there a green room and is there a bathroom? Cool. We need we need the bathroom. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> you got it here, man. Well, awesome. Um, one last thing, I guess, and this is kind of something that like I usually ask, but I never do, and I'm gonna change it just a second. Awesome. Um, one of our one of my friends that listens to us was like, ask this instead. So normally I ask like the whole like stranded island question. Okay. With your like what records you'll have, whatever. whatever. So. Mm-hmm. I liked his a lot better. And it's like, if you were robbing a bank and you're driving away in the getaway, what are you listening to? Oh man. That's fucking cool. Right. <laughs> I was like, I've oh, never that's way better. Of, I'm going to use yeah, it. Yeah. That's never, I've never thought of anything. That's genius. <laughs> All right. This is the so, first time I've asked it too. Cause I always forget. So here we go. What would be the song that I would listen to? Your getaway on your bank robbery. Getaway after the bank robbery. Um, Oh God, there's so many good choices, but I got to think that I need something that's going to make me feel calm, good, because you're trying to get away, but it's also driving enough that you're like hitting the gas and going, right? That's good. So it would probably have to be, man, what would that be? Oh man. My brain. I got it. I got, hold on. Could it be that? Or do I want? So, okay. So 
I there's a band like our whole family loves. Okay. I love ELO, Electric Light yeah, Orchestra, yeah. Jeff Lynn, right? So it could be a toss-up between Confusion, which is on um, Discovery album, and then what's the number sequence, babe? Is it one five? One five oh three overture. Like it's like the early song. It, dude, it's this early yellow song. One oh five three eight overture. It is a dude. It's a beast of a song. Like actually, we talked about Zayo covering it because it's heavy enough. Like it's oh, wow. so. I can't believe how heavy it is for like because it's like early late sixties, early seventies ELO. But it would probably be it'd probably be a toss up between those two songs. Cause like, man, ELO just makes me feel good, but they're like rocking songs. And I could drive quick and I don't want anything like too crazy or heavy. Cause like, I got to make sure the cops, like I got to hear for them. Okay. See, that's what I mean. <laughs> so, You're thinking about that a lot. That's yeah, cool. Cause yeah, I would have yeah. instantly gone to something just intense and crazy, but. Yeah. But here's the you thing. Put if a you lot do of thought intense, that. You just robbed a bank. That's intense and crazy. You need <laughs> yeah. something to bring you back down. <laughs> you see, and I didn't think about that, but that makes actually a lot of sense. <laughs> that's the best, dude. I, that's the greatest question. That is such a good way to, to ask that question. Because everybody's like, oh, what's going to take on an island? And everybody's like, oh, I have like 15 records. Which one? Should, you know, that you got to like you know, kind of break I, it down. I, I'm definitely keeping that one because it's much cooler <laughs> than the island question. So, yeah, I like that. All right, man. Well, thanks so awesome. much. I really, yeah, really man, appreciate it. No, dude, it was honestly a pleasure. And definitely keep in touch with us, please. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, and for sure. we'll definitely we'll do it again, hope man. Let's, let's yeah. do it again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, time. that would be wonderful. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. I'll let you guys know if we come to Texas. So. Cool, man. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, man. Cool, man. No, thank you, dude. Bye. Bye-bye.